I'm Starla. I'm Mary. And I'm Jocelyn. And And we're we're the Snarky Snarky Boob Boob Queens. This is our disclaimer. The Snarky Boob Queens podcast is for informational and or entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have breastfeeding difficulties or concerns about you or your child's health, please reach out to your healthcare provider or an IBCLC. We're back all together, you guys. Kumbaya. Yeah, Starla has a voice this time. I do. I'm still coughing like, you know, I smoke cigarettes all night long but it's fine it's fine it's fine you don't smoke cigarettes all night long no just during the day really? just kidding no <laughs> i don't know why anytime i always get a virus it settles in my throat where my tonsils used to live and man it was bad i mean i didn't go to work for two days and then the next three days everybody's like why are you here no uh-huh. because i talk uh-huh. for a living you can't talk for a living and yeah. well at least it's like now instead of a year ago because a year ago people would have been like stay away from me it was bad enough i mean i've had the vaccine and i was still looking at my husband like "Mm, do you think if the if the little crumb cruncher at home hadn't given it to me and that kind of the snotty nose coffee little kid thing and not Mm -hmm. so much that although how do we know do you ever wonder how do we know i know know. i'm just i'm like i'm moving on it's fine yeah little kids are petri Mm -hmm. dishes for sure well now they're not masking at school and they're going to get all the things and you know norovirus is out in the community now Mm -hmm. hey that's our new weight loss plan just get norovirus for four five days oh my god 10 pounds girl gone it'll be fun it'll be a good time you don't even need to get out of bed unless you're going to the toilet oh Oh my gosh i got norovirus so bad Really? When I when I was working for Wick, I was like on my deathbed. It was awful. Oh, I had it and I thought I was going to die. Well, then you also had when you got sick when you came back from Mexico. Remember? Oh, caramba! Oh, you guys, I literally—you <laughs> don't even know. It was like three weeks. And um, is this going to be TMI? I tell the story all the time. I go for it. It was like we're on the plane home when it hit me, and I was like white. And my lips were like blue and I'm sitting, my husband's in the front of the plane and I'm with like my 14 year old and my 12 year old. And my, my daughter's like, mom, um, are you okay? Cause you look like you're going to die. <laughs> and then she's waving down the person and is like the, the, the stewardess is like, can you get my mom some ginger ale, blah, blah, blah. And so they did. And I was fine. But literally I, I was going to the bathroom like 10 times a day oh. easily easily and so for th- like three weeks but like i don't go to the doctor because i am not the kind i'm not the person i tell other people to be so i'm like <laughs> so so i walk out of the bathroom and it's like three in the morning or two weeks in and my husband goes um i think that it's been 80 times this week <laughs> 80 like he's keeping count and he's like how are you alive and i said um i'm fine if my mucous membranes become dry then i'll go to the er <laughs> but my fontanelle is sunken in 
but I was drinking like I was. I mean, I'm talking like hundreds of ounces of like Gatorade a day because I was about to die. Anyway, I, and I only lost like four pounds. So WTF? Oh man, I know that's not even Stupid. worth it. No. So my question is, did you have to do that on the plane? Oh yeah, I mean, literally, hours. I would drop the kids off at school and stop at Target on my way home. <laughs> so bad y'all oh am i putting this out to the universe no because they're I, hey all you know, the moms fine. who are listening moms know they're the moms gonna know. then they're done that like my sister said one time from the um la freeway that hmm. the was it size two or size three infant diaper almost holds the content of the adult bladder <laughs> that she knows what I talk about her all the time. <laughs> oh, well. It you know what? Now, it, yeah, it happens. But when you have kids like theirs, you don't even care anymore at oh, all. No, no, no. no. Anyway. Did you see on Facebook, there was a picture of this little decal a minivan had on the back of their window, and it says, no, I'm not a drunk driver. I'm passing snacks and whooping ass. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. You got to do what you yeah, got to do. Yeah. <laughs> but in other exciting news, Mary, tell us about what's new with you. Well, I decided I want to start some outpatient, um, um, you know, do my own thing, my own practice outside of the hospital. So um, it's called Lactation On Demand. And if you Google it, I haven't finished my website yet. So, so don't Google it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but email Mary. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's lactation on demand at gmail.com. How easy is that? Um, so I want to do a texting thing with moms. Um, I find moms really like that. Um, I can do virtual and I'm working towards being able to do it in person, um, probably from an office. So it's very exciting. Um, yeah, cool like to beans. do like a pre and post, uh, tongue tie revision, uh, consults. Um, so just stuff like that. So, well, we need this so much in our community because the hospitals are not offering post COVID whatever state that we're in. Mm -hmm. I think this, the in-person support that moms need and it's very limited. I think you'll do an awesome job. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> I think it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be huge because Really, there is nowhere to go. There is nowhere to go. Besides like the Google, and that really doesn't tell you oh. very much. And even the hospital doesn't offer outpatient anymore. No, we're not. No, no. But I have to say, I learned at the foot of the masters. <laughs> These ladies <Please>. here. Oh, <laughs> we all learn from each other. Aww. And My you butts. did that three-day tongue-tie course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A whole weekend of tongue-tie. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Didn't Lactation really... consultants geek out about that kind of stuff. They Don't do. You know? And then there's someone that go, that doesn't really exist. I'm like, oh girl, please. You oh. haven't worked long enough. Like two days. <laughs> Why haven't we done a tongue tie episode? Oh, we need to. We do. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay, next week, guys. So put okay. that on your agenda. Oh yeah. Alrighty. That sounds great. So if you want to get more information, you can contact Mary at lactationondemand at gmail.com. So yay for Mary. Big but things thanks, coming. Guys. Woo -woo. All right, guys. So there was an article this week in Newsweek that 
I said, we have to talk about this. So it's a, it was in the culture section of Newsweek. And the headline is, Matron of Honor threatens to object its sister's wedding if she can't breastfeed at the altar. In the latest installment of crazy wedding stories trending online, a bride has made the shocking claim that her sister, acting as the Matron of Honor, has announced that unless she's permitted to breastfeed at the altar during the ceremony, she and her other children will object to the marriage. So, and it's also, okay, so some backstory to this. It, the baby will only be a few weeks old when the wedding is happening and it's her fourth baby. How old are her other kids? Yeah. It doesn't say and is here. the priest or the minister going to like, that's oh. not grounds of objection. Oh boy. Well, you know, I think it's very nice of her to say, yes, she will be made of honor or matron of honor if her baby's only a couple of weeks old. Cause you know, she's going to be this drippy oozing. Oh, True that. A half asleep person. Fluffy. Yeah. 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 I was in a wedding with for my best friend when my first was three months old. And that was bad enough. But I had to go home and nurse him between the reception and the wedding. Oh, and I just laid a beach towel across my lap, fed him, pulled myself put back together, stuffed it back <laughs> in, pulled the spanks back up over everything, and then dashed to the to the reception oh. but yeah how hard is that but then the whole thing about is her sister right yeah it's her sister so what's the deal with with their relationship anyway like is there a rub there what's obviously the it's not that they're not good. getting along no but did she ask her to be her matron of honor yeah mm -hmm. knowing the full well that she would have a very young baby oh what a situation and if she's I wonder, like we talked about earlier about the long, how long the ceremony is. Like logistically, is it going to be a problem right. if the baby's not on the boob at the altar? I, or... Yeah. <laughs> but you know, some brides are like, well, then we have to do pictures at this time and then this and then, true, and then you're, you're blocking mm -hmm. out a period of time. And so I don't know, maybe that's where the issue, maybe the sister feels like her sister isn't... Um, being like taking her needs as you know mom mm -hmm. a few weeks postpartum into account especially if there's other requirements um true and if matron of honor has certain duties to how in the world mentally could you be capable of doing that no but someday you know there's going to be an apology from the bride when she has a baby because then she's going to realize what she yeah asked of her sister yeah She's going to get it then. Right. Because she's going to understand. Like I ask moms, like when they bring up in the hospital, like, oh, when do I start pumping? You know how they always just drop that on you. It's when do I start that? I said, well, you know, it depends on what's going to be happening with you in the next four to six or eight weeks. Okay. So are you going to be away from the baby anytime soon? Like, are you on a wedding next weekend? Because I've had people that have actually said this. Mm -hmm. And then when they look at me like, why would I be in a wedding next week? I said, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very surprised. And babies come when kind of babies kind of want to, they want to come and the wedding's been on the books for a while. And anyway, it's just a dicey kind of a thing for everyone. So see, I'm kind of not a nice person. Cause like, I don't care about people's weddings. <laughs> yeah. Like I just don't. And like when my kids were younger, I didn't leave my kids. No. And so if I got invited to a wedding, I don't care if you're my sister. I didn't go to my brother-in-law's wedding because I was told kids were not allowed. Secondly, 
your only nieces were not asked to be flower girls. That's weird, but um, true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was like if they're old enough to object. Right. Right. But my thing was like, you cannot expect me to travel 13 hours. Our entire family is going to be at this wedding. So I'm going to have a stranger come watch my four-year-old and my six-year-old in a hotel in South Jersey somewhere. Uh, no, thank you. Here's a check. Best of luck. I mean, I don't wish you any ill will, but you had the expectation of, of parents sometimes I'm like, listen, you don't have to go. That doesn't make you a terrible person. Of course you want to celebrate people's special days, but I I mean, I just wouldn't, I I wouldn't leave my kid with a stranger at a hotel. No, that's just a lot. No, no, that's a lot. I have an idea. You know how, um, the moms at baby wear, they, you know, and they really get into it. It's really, really cool. Well, they will get these wraps that are very expensive and they'll build an outfit around it. Oh, hmm. what if you got one that looked nice with your matron of honor dress and wore the baby? Because they kind of made out these silks and all of that. Yes, so you just beautiful. put on some sleeves, yeah. a wrap skirt that'll fit around the postpartum fluffy. Mm-hmm. And just carry your flowers a little higher. <laughs> yeah, because you know the baby's going to stay asleep. Hopefully. You know, there, there's a good chance of that. Yeah, right. Um, you can feed the baby right there and you'll look good. Well, Mary, you came up with a good solution. <clears throat> but the thing is, though, I do think brides 100% have the right not to want kids or babies at their wedding. Sure. They do. They, you have right. that right. But you also have to accept that parents have the right. To turn down the invitation mm-hmm. and you don't get mm-hmm. to be mad either. Like Right. Everybody's going to have their own choice and you have to respect the decisions that they're going to make. The kids are going to do the best thing for them and their family. I mean, look at John Rahm, the, at the, the golfer that won the, I can't believe I can't remember what the name of the tournament was yesterday, but oh, yeah. the, the Spaniard and his wife has like, I don't think the baby was eight weeks old. And she was holding him in the little folding chair, waiting for him to finish. And the baby was just sleeping right on her chest. I mean, out of all the people that have money, they could have, they could have probably had a nanny or somebody there, mm-hmm. but the baby was right there and they were able to greet him when he came off the green. Oh, it's very cool. That. Yeah. So yeah, you have to make your decision on what works for you and your family. Mm-hmm. And if the bride's mad or the sister, like whatever, unfortunately, it's just going to be what it is. Mm-hmm. And you don't have time to care about other people being mad because you haven't slept in like three days and your boobs hurt and like, okay. Bye, Felicia. Yeah. yeah. And, and your you bottom hurts. Milk stains on the front of the shirt in the pictures. Mm, goodness. It's a whole thing. It so is. It is. I mean, I feel like I'm interested to see what happens in this situation. But well, when is the wedding? Can we follow this? Oh, I don't know. Um, I We had to find the Reddit. It's on a Reddit forum. Okay. Um, Maybe we could reach out and see what this is. And be like, what happened, yeah. guys? Um. Yeah, we need to know so we can. Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, ultimately, I think if the mom feels that strongly that her baby, she doesn't want to leave her baby because the baby is going to be with her, mm-hmm. then she maybe, and, and if the bride is objects to that, then maybe she needs to find a new matron of honor. The end of is July. That, is that mm-hmm. is that terrible to say? It's like, going to be the no. end of July. It's no, on no. Newsweek.com too. I just found it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oi, oi, oi. Hmm. Do so, you know where it is? What state? Um, 
it doesn't say, but it does say that she plans to hold her baby during the ceremony and even feed him if she needs to. The bride noted that she's not planning a long Catholic wedding ceremony, uh, to quote. Good, good. And she doesn't want the added stress of the sister breastfeeding the newborn while she says her vows. She just didn't want her to hold the baby. The baby could cry, poop, need to eat, etc. So, so don't have babies at your wedding and your sister doesn't have to go to your wedding. Well, you could, yeah. That could be said of the groom too. And apparently <laughs> it's been some, looks like there's some drama going back and forth. So the, the bride even alleged that her sister has made other off color comments about the upcoming nuptials and how she plans to ruin the big day. Just let your sister not be in the wedding. Why are, give, give somebody an out to graciously say, this is probably not the best idea and just move on. I feel like people, and this is like not even related to breastfeeding. We hang on to other people, even though it's toxic for us. And I'm like, mm -hmm. stop doing that. Mm -hmm. That may, like life is way too short. Um, this lady has four kids already. Like, just let her go live her life, have your wedding, mm -hmm. and live happily ever after. Well, like somebody has know? said, drop her from the wedding party, but don't disinvite her. And it right. can be hard for new moms to be separated from the baby. So if the baby starts to cry, then, you know, she has her hands full, but you'll honor her in other ways. And that's probably the the way to go about it. But yeah, she can sit in the front, front row. She can be in the pictures, mm -hmm. just maybe not just up on the altar. Right. And that's okay. Come on. The world is an imperfect place, you guys. Especially these days. Especially oh, these days. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, guys, have you paid attention to Netflix lately in your spare time? Um, we're watching something on Bloodline on Netflix that's pretty good. Well, I stumbled upon this series that apparently has been around since 2017 called Working Moms. Hmm. Where have we been? <laughs> because this series, I'm, I think it's going into its fourth season in the future, but it is hilarious. And the four, three of us, I, I don't, I don't know why we haven't talked about this, mm -hmm. but it's really funny because it's a group of women that meet in like a new mommy support group where they kind of sit and it's like a mommy and me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And there's this lactation consultant character who sounds like she's from Wisconsin. You know, she's got the little, you know, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she has this really cheesy smile and she's kind of overly dramatic with her facial expressions and things. Mm -hmm. But these four women that are in the group. And then there's a couple of the others that don't really like participate a ton. They usually just talk over them because you know, that's how it works in a group support group. And they're all looking at, they just had babies and they're going back to work. And what does that look like for all of them? So mm -hmm. one of them has a high powered job in a very um, prestigious and well-known like advertising marketing firm. And then one does it um, whose husband is going to be staying home instead of her with the baby. And she's kind of resentful for that. And then she starts hitting on her boss and very inappropriately. <laughs> the whole show is very inappropriate. Like okay. all of it. It's sounds like so it's, it's right, right up, up our, our alley. alley. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. know. I know. Has our names written all over. <laughs> That's right. And then one has, one suffers from pretty bad postpartum depression and she's kind of like a loose cannon with what she says. Everybody just kind of stares at her and is like, are you really going to like harm yourself? Oh, no, don't mean like that. I just want to oh, like crash wow. off the side of a cliff in an airplane. And that would just be an awesome vacation. And so she's just really kind of twisted oh. off to the side. 
Um, but but it's very funny because even with the first episode, you could just see how they're all struggling to maintain some sort of balance. Mm -hmm. And they're mm -hmm. not looking forward to going back to work because they've enjoyed their time with their baby. And how are they going to make this work? And one of them is actually a psychiatrist physician who has a private practice and she's has a room in her home where she does like visits with patients and she winds up seeing counseling one of the moms in the show. But um, she's struggling with like her family balance. And then there's, you know, one of them has a mom stepping in as a nanny for a while and how that kind of conflict is because they don't view child rearing and the home kind of environment the same way. And they're running home late from work and, and then they want to plan a bachelorette party for somebody in one of the offices and winds up where they want to, the girl wants her nipple pierced. Oh, <laughs> one of them that's one of the characters. Want, so she finds an earring on the bar and says, can one of you pierce my nipples? Oh. So anyway, <laughs> is she breastfeeding? Yes, she's breastfeeding. She's and like tapering she's down okay. and now she's pierced. So it shows them all in the bathroom, like trying to just stick this hoop earring into her nipple. Oh my God. Oh, oh no. ow. Not in a piercing place. And then it was really funny because later she goes in the next day or two or however many, however long later it was to the little support group lady that the lactation consultant runs a support group and says, well, I've got a problem with my nipple. And so she says, oh, I make my living off of tricky nipples. <laughs> you know what? Relatable AF. Yes. <laughs> Didn't we see a, a coffee cup or something that said that once? Yes, and we yes. were just going to get t-shirts. Yeah. Yes. We should just do that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I just thought it was um, interesting because we counsel moms frequently on this whole issue because many moms are going back to work, even though right now some people are working virtually or from home and it's a little bit different environment. But nonetheless, they're having to shift gears into a new role. Mm -hmm. and how difficult that is. So what do y'all think? How um, was it for you? The postpartum part, um, postpartum depression kind of hits close to home. Um, yeah, that would be, that would be hard for me to watch um, having been there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and having those very strange thoughts. Um, but that's just me. But the rest of it sounds really funny. <laughs> Um, speaking of postpartum depression, when I worked at WIC, my kids were like five and, and, and seven, I think at the time. And we got these pamphlets about postpartum depression we were giving out and I was re I was opening it up and I'm reading all the symptoms. I'm like, holy shit, I am postpartum depression. <laughs> and then I stopped for a minute and I'm like, no, I just have regular depression. <laughs> I'm too far postpartum out. Never mind. I'm like, are my hormones so weird? No, I just have the regular kind. <laughs> <laughs> but like who doesn't nowadays, you know? Right. Well, you answer those stress, whatever, sleep related, thought process, busy life, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody kind of falls depending on how your day has been. Right. That, you know, some days you're going to answer that and somebody's going to call you. And go, you okay? And then the rest of the time, they're like, oh, you're fine. But you're like, well, that was just that minute. Like, I was fine. I'm not fine the rest of the time. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> well, no, it, 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 it's funny. Like, even like, you know, you'll go to therapy. And my therapist is very funny. She's like, well, you have great coping skills. And I'm like, okay, so thanks a lot. But, <laughs> um, but that was a few years ago. Anyway, but for, like for me, I was in, I was in, I was a college student. So mm -hmm. my experience was a little bit different, um, but I went back to school and um, 
very part-time. So I arranged my schedule around, you know, breastfeeding my husband's schedule. But one of my professors was awesome. She was like breastfeeding her three-year-old. And so I had gone back to just that one class at night. And that was like right when that was before online school was a thing. Yep. Um, and she was like, you can bring your baby in and breastfeed it. Oh, I was like, thank you. Like she was awesome. But, um, yeah, it was finding a balance between like, for me, it was like, I need to get this thing done Mm -hmm. and trying to balance. Like I have a research paper. It'd be like three in the morning. My, I would literally be in my office. We had an office because hmm. we had a three-bedroom house. Wow. Which is a real bougie thing to have when you're like 21 yes. and have a baby. <laughs> Back then. Yeah. Nobody had an office. I had an office. <clears throat> like, and it had like a whole hutch. And we had our little computer. And um, we had a really nice office chair. And I would breastfeed the baby and type my research papers with my other hand. Oh. I mean, it was a lot. And then even when my kids were older, I mean, I was pregnant and had a toddler and like, it'd be like, she'd be playing blocks and I would be writing papers. And then I feel guilty because I'm like, oh, we should be outside Mm -hmm. playing or whatever, but I have to write this research paper so I can, you know, Mm because I did things backwards. So, (laughs) well, I had teenagers when I went back to school again for the well, I finished my BSN like what, 10, 12 years ago. And I would just lock myself in the, in my office at noon on Sundays till like five or six o'clock. And I would just, what I would say, this is my paper vomit um, session. (laughs) I would just, I'd print articles out all week. highlight what I needed to do, get my thoughts together. And I just bang out a paper and turn it in, which was not my style because I like to fix and tweak and work and, and beat it to death. Me too. But just, it was like out of just that finish line. I got to knock this one out. And I cannot imagine having babies. And the the thought process is that like you're you're so in tune to your baby and every little noise and, and that overwhelming, like everything of every day, every minute is consumed with those little people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that and focus and function is beyond me. Yeah. But to know. that point, don't you think, because when I think back now and I talk to moms who went back to work at, you know, whatever, six weeks when you're in it, you're just in it. And it's yeah. later that you look back and you're like, wow, that was a hard thing that I did, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, when you're, when moms are in it, they know it's hard and that it's impossible. But when you're a mom, nothing is impossible. True. It doesn't matter if you're sick. It doesn't matter if you're like shitting yourself <laughs> because you have Montezuma's revenge. <laughs> you're still going to get up and take your kid to school. Even if you have to, have to stop at Target on the way home, because your life becomes, I mean, it, your life becomes all about getting done what you need to get done. And and that's what it is. Yeah. One way or another. And you lower your standards a lot. <laughs> oh, so well. Well, I remember there were three of us that decided to get our IBCLC in 1992. And that was the year my second one was born. And two years later, we actually took the board. So in the meantime, we were... Because there was no internet then. Mm-mm. Like, seriously, it just wasn't. Yeah. And we had textbooks that we ordered and we globe trotted to conferences. And I remember taking the baby with me. Mm-hmm. One of them was to a Lolly Julie conference in Atlanta um, with a friend of mine from work. And 
I just remember like just staying in this grind to get it done. But I can't imagine doing anything that, of course, we had to take this big test and all of that. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like I had to academically like focus to write a paper and keep your brain functioning. But what's the difference between that and doing your checkbook and planning dinners and making your food list and mm -hmm. all of that now and preschool schedules? I mean, moms just do what we have to do. Yeah. Yeah. We manage. <laughs> But we ask mothers to, I mean, going back to working moms, what we ask of mothers is actually impossible. And even now, you know, as a, uh, as a business owner, I have two teenagers and I feel guilt to this day, even though my kids don't even care about me, you know? Um, yes, they do. I mean, you know, they, <clears throat> right. but the thing is, we expect parents to work like they don't have children. And we expect them to parent their kids and be involved like they don't work. And that right. puts parents in an impossible, and new moms in an impossible situation. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. And then in the news, I'm really interested in, like, what's going on with the labor force right now. And, like, you know, there there's so many open jobs and what that's going to look like. And um, there was an article that was lamenting how mothers are – they're falling behind. It's the gap in the workforce. They're not coming back. And like, they were like, we need them to come back. And I thought to myself, how about they learned to live off one income for a year? You forced moms, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you forced moms to do like, you don't, you don't get to work. You have to work from home and school your kid and do your conference call and nurse your baby and do all the things. And now you're mad after a year and a half that like no one wants to go back. Like, what do you want from us? Yeah. Right. Well, and a lot of moms don't have the income from their job to pay for childcare. Yeah. When in, in a lot of counties and areas of the country, childcare is very scarce. And this one woman that was on the news was being interviewed the other night. The guy said, well, why don't you open your own daycare? She was like, <laughs> take care of other people's kids. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go back to my job working as, I don't know, a dental assistant or whatever it was that right. she did. Yeah. Like, no, I don't yeah. want to do that. I mean, I spent this morning volunteering at our church's vacation Bible school and man, all those moms that came in, one lady had twins hmm. and she had these bungee cord things with little wrist straps and the two little boys, they were like two or three little redheaded, cute, adorable little babies. And she had the bungee cord like around her legs. And oh, I was like, girl, because it was kind of crazy in there and talking about what mom's the ingenuity. And she says, Oh yeah, because at least if they run, they always run away from each other. They can only go so far. Oh my and it's like a tug of war between the two of them. Yeah, they're going to split her like a wishbone. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But just thinking all the things that moms have to do to orchestrate stuff, you know, in the season that my husband and I are in and we are raising two little ones again, they're now what eight and 10 and I'm trying to figure out our summer schedule. Mm -hmm. And I don't even want to because it's easier if I just don't. I'm going to call you and plan my trip to, oh my for God, three days girl, to go to Asheville. Please. Like <laughs> okay. That is my one. Like, I'm a psycho. I'm a psycho planner. Like, it's not. I I literally. So, I have this whole. Like, I do task management and, like, I have a whole oh thing. I created a list for myself. Um, and it was so funny because I'm like, what is this? So I'm going through my my planning for the year and I assigned 
a list to myself for the beginning of November. And it was a list of all the things that I need to get for Christmas this year that I had made as I was putting away my yes, Christmas decorations. No. Yeah. So I'm like, you're going to need more tape. You need this. You're yes. going to need this. And I assigned it to myself for 11 months in advance. That's how psycho I am. And the reason that I'm psycho like that is because I had two babies in college and then I had young children. I worked, I managed the program. I was president of the PTA. I had all these things. And like, if I didn't plan my life to the minute, I, it, everything would fall apart. And so now I'm like ultra efficient and I'm like, want to do all the things. I love that. Yeah. Wow. But it's not, it's not normal. No, I did that last year because we had moved mm -hmm. and during COVID everything was shut down and Hobby Lobby was out of Christmas stuff by right. Labor Day. Yeah. So yeah, I have a list. You gotta have your list. exactly where it's gonna be and then it's in a different place in the house mm. but yeah trying to plan all of that stuff ahead like i don't normally don't normally function that way except for there's certain things i will do but i'm gonna have to get a big like year calendar and we're just gonna start planning stuff out oh yeah because while yeah. we're in our go-go years we better knock this stuff out yeah i mean i think that's the yeah. thing when you have a baby i mean that's the only way really you can function and, and young children because it's like you always have to look ahead because when you're a mom, you're responsible for the birth. I, I mean, and it sh it, I, that's a, a broad brush, but generally you're responsible for the birthdays. Mm -hmm. but it's not just presents. You're executing like mm -hmm. the birthday party. You're making all the decisions all the time. Yeah. And it's just, and you've got to exhausting. have registering. You have to know when the sports schedules are coming up and you got to put that on your calendar and when all that stuff's got to be submitted by. And then if you're registering your kid for kindergarten, or whatever all the other little things are is just mind boggling. But if you don't put it on a calendar, I already know mm -hmm. Mr. Friend's birthday from a couple of weeks ago. And I put it in my calendar for next year. Julie's mm -hmm. birthday is next week. See you next year. year. See you next week. <laughs> that's right. I already will know my friend that I can, can I book the cake ahead of time? Mm -hmm. So that's done because then it saves you time when you're in the middle of it. You don't feel like you're spinning your wheels. You have, you have the detailed list. Yeah. But how do you, I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the only way I function as a human because otherwise it would just all fall apart. Um, wow. See, and I, I look at all this stuff when I'm putting it away at Christmas time and I'm thinking, okay, I need to remember that I need more um, wrapping paper. Oh, I'll remember that. Yes. I tell myself that great lie. <laughs> you know, what's so funny. I'll write notes to myself sometimes when I, um, put things away for the year, but they'll be funny. So like, then I'll forget about it. So like I'll open, you know, my Valentine's decoration and I'll be like, Jocelyn, you're such a bad bitch. Like, <laughs> and I'll laugh to myself because I'm like, no, like, and I'll be like, okay, you're doing a great job. It's Valentine's day again. And I'll like, something is wrong. But it was like, <laughs> so last year, I know I'm like, oh, look, and I was like, I hope I was like winter clothes is I'll switch them out. And there was, a box of winter clothes I opened and it was like, I hope that these don't fit you anymore because you're the highest weight that you've ever been. Oh. <laughs> so when I opened it up, I was like, wow, that was a great pep talk. So that's right. <laughs> you're a nut. But we like totally got off topic, but, um, but yeah. I think we're though, we're talking about everything that people get because this is the stuff that people don't usually talk about. And I, I, you know, I work with, a, I'm probably one of the oldest people on my unit now. And I listen to the other younger moms talking about these same sorts of things and everybody's struggling with it. 
Mm-hmm. And then they're trying to figure out like, okay, I have a two-year-old at home. We're working on weaning, but then my husband wants to make another baby. When are we going to have another baby? You know, having the energy to think about all of that when they're still sleep deprived from the first baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I'm like, good luck with that. <laughs> Just don't do it. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah. You're thinking, boy, I'm glad we're not there. Yeah. But on the same okay. token, like we had two kids in a row which was we planned our second baby and I was still in college because I'm like, we're in hell. So like if we ever get out of hell, I can't go back there. Right. right. So like we're in it. Let's just be in it. Let's get this over. And with. then that was my thought. Yeah. <laughs> Is that awful? It's terrible. But I think a lot of people do that because we, look at all the people we take care of mm-hmm. and we'll go, oh, what baby is this for you? Because that's our voice we use. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, it's our second. How old is your other one at home? Twelve. Oh, and I think I give them about the same face behind the mask now. Thank goodness, as I do the lady that says, "I have an eleven-month-old at home." I have mm-hmm. had a lot of those lately. The Irish twins. Oh my goodness! You know, go with God. You know, God bless you because <laughs> go with God. Yeah, gonna need it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Because what, you're already sleep deprived. You're already buying diapers. You already have the clothes. You have the, the onesies that are like universal, whatever, boy, girl, whatever it's going to be, kid sizing that's going to wear any season. Yeah. But then when you have, they're 12 and you have to go back down that road of now you're, you're sleeping nicely with a 12 year old at home. Like there's, oh, yeah. they're pretty low maintenance, mm-hmm. but now you're going to be up all the time. And I'm thinking, girl, good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm too old and tired for babe, but but it's all perspective, right? Like some, it's sometimes it's a new partner, sometimes it's like a oh um, sure, you sure. know. It was funny. There was a mom once. I just loved her. She, she you know, we start talking about breastfeeding. We went off on a tangent, but it was her third baby, and she laughed because she's like surprise. Which almost all of our third babies, um, whenever someone had a third baby, they'd always follow up with that. Like they needed to yeah. justify having more than two kids. They're like, this is our third baby. Like we weren't planning it, but like, here you go. So I'm like, is this a third baby thing? It's like, well, third baby. But she's like, you know, so I'm helping her and the baby's latch. We're talking. She goes, I remember being young and looking at my aunts and thinking they knew all the things and they were wise. And, you know, and she's like, now look at me. Here I am with my third baby. I'm 35 years old. I have a minivan. And I don't know what's going on. And I realized <laughs> mm-hmm. neither did they, but I just thought they did. And it's like that realization, like you think you're going to get to a point where like it's easier and you know, I mean, and you do, you get that wisdom, but we're all just freaking winging it. Oh yeah. It's all yeah. a mirage. It is. Well, a mirage. I think it's everybody's perception on what everybody thinks everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I could look at these moms today, picking up their kids at VBS and going, Wow, you know, I bet they've got a schedule. They got to get the kid home because the kid on their hips probably going to take a nap in about forty-five minutes. So let me help her get her kid out because she got to go to the Chick-fil-A drive-through, which is now a nightmare anyway. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> three laps around the building to get your right. Crazy. Um, so having to have all that orchestrated for them, she's probably like like goldfish crackers crammed in the <laughs> corners of the kids' car seat, and that's their lunch with a uh-huh. juice box from yesterday. Uh, sure. Uh-huh. And it's fine. <laughs> uh, no, but the thing is, too, that really gets me now, because when my kids were born, like, I don't, Facebook, I think Facebook was, like, just a thing. 
like it just launched. No, I wasn't on it. Um, so I just got to live my life, but the, the whole, um, you have to stage photo shoots oh, every genius. month with the, oh know, yes. The oh numbers my, with I the kid on the blanket. I don't know. Or the sticker. No, at first it was the sticker on the onesie. Yeah. One month, mm -hmm. two months. You prop them up in the chair so they're like half crooked over with their Buddha belly And up. then you have what they're doing, mm -hmm. like your city. chalkboard thing. Oh, I couldn't keep up with the baby books, but heaven knows I would not be able to keep up with all that mess. Well, you'd fill out the first three months. Right. And then around six months, because you don't have a doctor's appointment again until six months. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> and then you weigh the baby and all of that. And oh boy. And then he's got a tooth. And then you go, oh, when did he get that other tooth? Because yeah. it's like the fourth tooth. Because he's just started biting and it's a problem. Uh -huh. So I think so you're that's like how filling you do. in date. I filled in my kids' baby books when they were like five. I'm like, oh you shit! Their in. first food was avocado. Okay, we're good. <laughs> They're not gonna know. No. And the second baby book hasn't been cracked open, so you sell it in a garage. Sale. Oh yeah, oh, my, yeah. <laughs> my daughter, my second daughter, no baby book for you. Nope. But you know what we do have? What? Did I tell you about the birth necklace? No. Why did I not know this? So I have a baby book for my first one, but for my second baby, I was like very hippy dippy and we were like planning a home birth and we had a home birth, but anyway. Um, and I'm one of those people that's like, you don't have a baby shower for a second baby. Like if you want to do that, like I'm not judging you, but that's just how we were. And we didn't live, live near family. And so I asked everyone to buy a bead and to put a wish for the baby oh, in it, on it. a planner. And uh -huh. to send it to me. And so all my family members sent me beads and, and made a wish. And I strung it. And I put it like, and I had, it was like this little prayer for a home birth. It was like for a safe delivery. And it was like this little thing. And when I went into labor, I put on the necklace with like all the wishes because it was supposed to like. It was like the little birth rosary. Yeah, right it there. literally was. It was like mm -hmm. I, I wore the necklace when I beads. was in labor and then when she was born. And so I have the beads still like there. So I have this whole little shrine of like things my kids have made. And yeah. anyway, the necklace broke, um, but I have the beads in this special little on my oh isn't that awesome oh that is very sweet yeah so i didn't i didn't do pictures but i did do that so yeah and then my first daughter has a baby book mm -hmm. it's like one of each what do they do now they don't have a baby book do they oh, oh yeah do they have baby books anymore i don't know well they they sell them on amazon because i was looking it. i was oh, looking for a baby gift the other day and i just typed in baby gift for something cool and they had them but i'm like are people buying them and are they doing anything with them when they get them. Yeah, I don't know. Because they do the photo, they can do the maternity photo shoot, which, oh, oh my God, no, I would look like a cow. Not a chance. With the giant Peter Pan collar and the bow. Oh, or, <laughs> you know, and the big puppy <laughs> sleeves, and then your mm. stirrup pant leggings and the flat, ballerina flats. What was that about? Oh, it was like a yacht God. coming down the street. <laughs> I got pregnancy Terrible. photos at Olin Mills Kmart, and they look like awkward family photos. <laughs> <laughs> it was Ben. Yeah, I did not know that. I think there's one. You do in those, front of and them. then, well, have you seen the ones that were they're in the milk bath? No. Like the weaning kind of pictures where the mom's in the bathtub with maybe just her bathing suit bottoms on or something, and the the toddler's on her, and there's like flowers floating in the water. 
No. Oh, they're beautiful. Oh. Do we all have to be Vogue models nowadays? You gotta have your, you gotta be in the middle of a freaking forest. I know. In a flowy dress. <laughs> right. And then you gotta like have photo shoots every month. And then you're weaning the baby and you need to be in a antique bathtub? bronze bathtub with like, why do we do this? Well, it is or too much. The other thing that was funny is a milestone sort of a thing is we were looking at one of the girls at work trying to help her daughter to wean gently. And I remember there's another nurse of our, a friend of ours that we know who um, has a daughter who is not liking the weaning process. And she's almost two. And this person is ready for this to be done and over with. It's her mm -hmm. last child. She's like, I've given it my all. I'm like, girl, you're still pumping. You got this. <laughs> so there was a little picture that I saw. And I think the little kid was from like Mexico or Puerto Rico. He, he was Hispanic. And it said, adios, chichis. Oh, I saw oh. that. Yeah. And it was a little like boob cake. And oh. he's sitting there. He's like four. And he's like, got this no meh look on his face. And he's like, well, and there's, there are actually weaning cakes that they do in Asia. And they had little fondant, even they're getting jacked up with this. They had little bitty fondant pieces of rice in a little bowl with a little, little chubby toddler sitting on top of the cake, acting like he, it was a weaning thing. So was oh. it when they started solids or when they were done with the boob? I'm not real sure. But when we started looking at this, I was like, oh, my God, look at all these cakes these kids are doing. Oh, my and you're goodness. In the yeah, it's just such a weird time to live in because you used to just have a baby and, like, live your life. But now you got to have a weaning cake and, like, do all the things. and All the pictures. Those, those must be very expensive, too. The pregnancy... And I mean, I think oh they'll run you like 200 a pop. Oh, look at all the. I mean, this is cakes. pictures of the weaning cakes, but that's what they are. Happy weaning to Kiana. Oh. oh, oh my goodness. Enough breast milk. Eat this cake right now. I know, but I was looking for the farewell Chi Chi's cake, but I couldn't find it. So happy weaning. Well, you know, but if you have a cake, you need some milk to go with it. So this doesn't make it any sense. That's right. You need milk and cake. So one yeah. day you just realize they didn't nurse today. You, you know, you mm -hmm. got home late from a Tupperware party back when that was a thing. And then the next day it didn't happen either. And then you're like, was that it? And then somebody was on Facebook going, this is our very last time we're going to nurse. I'm like, how do you really know? Right. You don't know. Mm -hmm. No. But that's that way as a mom, right? Like you put them down one day and you never pick them back up. Mm -hmm. True. True. Mm -hmm. You're moving on from that thing. And yeah, but I do kind of still like I'm that mom that's weird. And like, I'll be laying in bed and my kid will come down and lay next to me and we'll talk. And I'll be like, do you want to just stay? Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, ew, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like, are you sure? Do you want to just make a pallet right here? And she's like, um, I'm graduating from high school soon. Get away from me. <laughs> but you like that. I'm, I don't miss not sleeping and I don't some of it I don't miss but like mm -hmm. I mourn in a lot of ways like I mourn yes. my babies yes. yes and that that cuddling their skin against yours and the smell of them and, and oh their little goodness. baby noises I remember working 311 and I would come in and pick them up and do the dream feed nurse mm -hmm. because it had been so chaotic at work I've been taking care of everybody else's babies all night mm -hmm. long I'm like, I just need some normalcy and smell that baby with that little footed sleeper on. Mm -hmm. And they would just eat and then milk would run down their face. And then I'm like, oh, thank God. Now I'm done. 
and then land and then you could go back to sleep yourself but mm -hmm. just having those little snuggles the snuggles that little chubby baby skin that's yes. like baby fat they're just like play-doh kind of that yummy yeah yeah the but, dimples and the elbows yes oh. you know and the little knees but people don't <laughs> understand that i don't think when you talk about that like people say to me all the time like you could still have another baby and i'm like I don't want another baby. Like I want my babies. Like I miss I want my that. babies. You want to go back to that one day. Yeah. Like have I, it for a day. Yeah. Six hours. Yes. Two hours maybe a feed. Right. And then mm -hmm. be done guess with what? It. You 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 have another baby and then what? It's then it's gone. Like it's just you know then it's a toddler and then it, like you only have a second. There's and, an expiration date that yeah. happens. Like with your bread and everything else. Like it's not going to be there forever. But we make it so hard for moms that they don't even I, I think that you don't even get to enjoy it mm -hmm. when you're in it nope. because you're so busy i mean especially now because you have to do all the pictures and have this appearance and social media mm -hmm. and that part of it where like none of us had that and so relating to moms you know it, i mean it's hard because especially if you're a mom who you just had a baby and your friends are having babies and they're on the beach in their jeans you know on the boardwalk and you know, everything mm -hmm. is perfect and you're not like that. It's hard, but it's all an illusion, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think when you're in it, you're looking towards the next stage very much. Um, you know, people want their babies to be independent or, you know, I hear that a fair amount. Um, or that you want them to start solids. You know, you just, it seems like we're rushing them along and just let them be babies. Yeah. It's like there's a timeline that happens and everybody wants to seem to, seemingly wants to compress it so that it's like the next thing that happens. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't understand why there's such a hurry because does that mean that you're a better mom or you're more successful at parenting or whatever the thing is? Because we know that there's recommendations for starting solids and, mm -hmm. And there's guidelines, but it doesn't mean you have to do it at six months. And then whoever's telling you to do it at four months, don't listen to them mm -hmm. because that's not what the recommendations are. And they've right. not been that way for a long time. So there's my soapbox. But it's the whole thing of why do we have to do that? And women have to just, you know, at six weeks postpartum, they're back at the gym and they're buying their shakes and they're doing all their things to get their body back. I'm like, girl, that butt didn't get that big in two weeks no and it's probably not gonna go down anytime soon yeah those yeah. birthing hips are probably there to stay oh yeah mm -hmm. so why don't why is there such this whole pressure from our society and now with instagram it's not peer pressure anymore it's just influence mm -hmm. and all these influencers oh yes well why right why why do we have to oh i i've had to unfollow three people because i like their style i'm like i can't do this because i keep putting stuff in my cart and I don't need those five things in my cart. Yeah. There's a cute floral wrap skirt from Walmart and it hooked me. And I'm like, I am not buying it. I wear scrubs to work and I wear the same pull on yoga pants to work every day with a big, long t-shirt. I don't need that. But then I go, maybe I do. Well, have you guys ever heard of Bo Burnham? No. Okay. So he's, he's like, he's young he's 30 and he you would you might like his humor it's very like off color and um it just really interests he's kind of avant-garde but he did a comedy special and he was basically 
talking about the state of society. It was during quarantine. So it was like kind of triggering, but he was like, that made up a song. And he's like, all the things all the time. Like you have to have all the things all the mm -hmm. time. And that's what we live in. Mm -hmm. And it's just freaking exhausting. Yeah. And we wonder mm -hmm. why moms are struggling with going back to work. And because they're having to do all these things that are sort of expected of them or mm -hmm. that they expect of themselves that they think other people expect of them. Right. Or that other people are doing. That yeah. They're not. And if you, you know, it's like, what's your excuse? Remember the, what's your excuse, mom? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I have so many, like at least a hundred, you know, right. like, but we make people feel bad. And well, that goes back to marketing too. And it's marketing to mom and, um, you know, someone that works in marketing as well the the psychology behind that is why do we market to people to make them feel bad about their lives mm -hmm. one because it's effective because we're causing someone to have an emotional reaction and then corporations and influencers or, or whatever are preying on that um feeling of insecurity mm -hmm. because it takes emotion for you to make a decision it takes right. emotion for you to make a change in your life. And they're saying, all right, you're, you could be better than you are. So I have this, you know, opportunity for you, or here's the shakes or here's the whatever. And then, you know, you'll part with your money. Right. So that's how right. we build our mm -hmm. society. And it's actually bullshit. Yeah, it is. Because yeah, if, if you let people alone and you didn't have a, something to sell that wouldn't save them time or make them skinny or make them happy or whatever, make them numb to whatever it is and help them to medicate something, then what would, they wouldn't make any money be made. No. They wouldn't have the, they wouldn't be one of the cool kids, so to speak, or driving the cool car or, you know, why, why isn't simplicity, but then they sell those magazines at the, was it the simple magazine at the checkout? Oh, yeah. I'm like, that's just more crap to stack on your coffee table. Right. You're going to buy another book? Really? Right. That tells you You're nothing? not being simplistic. You're going to buy that set of brown bowls because they're brown? No. <laughs> right. I don't understand. Oh, I know. It's a whole thing. Well, did you know, too, and this is kind of off topic, but um, when you read, like, self-help or, um, I don't know, maybe listening to this podcast, um, it releases dopamine in your brain. And if you're learning information like that's positive towards changing your life, it makes you think that you have actually made changes in your life, even though you haven't. Mm -hmm. So you reading about losing weight or watching a motivational video on YouTube, it will actually release dopamine in your brain um, and wow. make you feel like you're doing something, even though you're not really. Right. So that's why people go to the gym because they join that one. They finally get motivated and they go and they join and they spend that one time on the treadmill and then they leave and they act like they lost 10 pounds mm -hmm. and they didn't. It's science. It's yes. Science. So we eat some chocolate instead. It's, just, it's like thinking about doing yoga doesn't count. Exactly. No, but, but here's the thing. Don't you feel good about yourself when you think about doing yoga and maybe you read an article about yoga and now you're like, Holy shit, I'm like a specialist in yoga. Yeah, it feels great. And yes. I don't get sore when I just think about it's, it. Exactly. It's like people who want to become, I'm really getting snarky today, want to become lactation consultants. And so <laughs> they call one of us and they go, I want to become a lactation consultant like you. 
and you find they have no background whatsoever in anything except they had a minor in art history or something and they've nursed their babies and they enjoyed it and they think babies are cute and they like to smell their heads but they want to do like and they enjoy breastfeeding for like three months mm -hmm. and then they want to do what we do yeah, yeah. And usually for those moms, I'm like, go be a, um, you know, go lead a support group yes. or be a mom to mom or like a peer counselor or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because do you really want to be a lactation consultant? Like, first of all, the amount of work that you're going to have to pull, put in starting from scratch is like, if you're like, if you're super passionate about it and, you know, but this is not a job, it's a labor of love. Mm -hmm. And most lactation consultants, we, we don't make a ton of money. No. At all. Not like at all. you're going to put in a lot of work and to be in a job, the other people think that you're a witch doctor and they're not going <laughs> to, not going to take uh -huh. you seriously in the hospital. And then you're also not going to be paid a lot of money. And then you're going to become jaded to the whole system. And then next thing you know, you start a podcast where you're just like bitching about the state of society and why, what we're doing to moms. <laughs> Is that the road that you want to go down? Right. I mean, I got into it because I was already a nurse in a nursery and it, mm -hmm. it was just like the segue, like the next thing, like 2.0 and the next thing I was going to mm -hmm. learn how to do because mm -hmm. what I wasn't going to do that forever. Like just staying where I was, I want to do something kind of new, mm -hmm. but I still do it though. Pretty much. Even though I do lactation, my new job, my new position is I, I go to deliveries and I help catch babies and I help moms and get them up to the bathroom and, you know, clean up the delivery room and mop up the blood and whatever else I have to do. But it's just one of those things that you just, you can't, you can't really start from scratch. And some of these things can't be taught to you. So if you've kind of mm -hmm. come up through the ranks and like Mary, you were at the WIC office and like, you know, you kind of have a background mm -hmm. kind of that lends those things where it, it comes upon you. Mm -hmm. But you just can't just say, oh, today I want to go and I want to do whatever it is that Jocelyn does. Because it's not going to work. I mean, it takes time and it's not easy. It's not like, yeah, for sure. But even too, like for me, I'm a lactation consultant and I don't work for like I don't have private practice. I don't work in the hospital, but I will work pro bono on a limited basis. So if someone calls me and says like, Hey, I'm having problems. I'm a friend referred me to you. I'll go to them and I won't charge them anything. Aww. Not because I don't think lactation consultants are worth it just because I don't, I, I it's not a business for me. Right. So I don't have the infrastructure to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I still love to do it. And I like to help moms. I just hate the politics of working in an environment Am I antisocial? I don't like working with other people. So I work pro bono and we'll see and we'll help moms. But, um, but I think that that's part of, you know, it, it, it's, it's not, it's not an easy thing and it's, it's not a quick thing. No, it's definitely not quick. Well, and if you think about it, how many people have we really seen? There's a, there's a small percentage that you see more than twice. Mm -hmm. Very, very rarely do we really need to see somebody. And I hate to say that we're really, I mean, I don't want to toot our own horn that we're that good, but I'm just saying a lot of what we do is not difficult, mm -hmm. but you have to be able to cut through the weeds and get somebody on track without all the fluff. Uh -huh. So the, the difficult tongue ties, the weight gain problem, babies, the moms with hormonal imbalances and, 
and babies with special other needs and low tone and whatever, that's another, that's like, they're in another bucket over here. But the rest of the moms with that first two weeks and their nipples are sore and the latches, not all that great. And the baby's clicking and we go, oh, maybe we might want to revisit this with somebody else. But there's not a lot of repeat stuff that we have to do. So I just think that takes an eye to be able to do that. And anybody in any field that, that is have experience can see through to be able to tell what it is that they need to do, because mm -hmm. it's not like what we do is very labor intensive. It's very emotionally draining. Oh, Lord, By yes. the end of the day, mm -hmm. I am like worthless mm -hmm. because I've given, given, given all day long to other people who are total strangers mm -hmm. whom I love. Once that door is closed and I'm in the room with them, I don't know what else is going on in the world. Right. A bomb could go off and I would not even know. And I don't even care. Mm -hmm. nope. Because I love that little baby and that mom and that dad and what we're doing. But when I walk out and I get in the car, it's like, oh my gosh, like I just want to go by Publix and get subs for dinner. Literally, I feel like, have you ever seen in movies where someone is, it's like Indiana Jones and he's, he's, he's literally, uh, the girl falls into the crack in the cliff and he's like, take my hand and he's like trying to pull her up out of the, out of the <laughs> yes. cliff, and, you know? Like that's what lactation consultants do all day. They're trying to haul people and like, you know, <laughs> that's what we do. Like it's, it is exhausting mentally oh, man, because you're trying to like one diag not diagnose because we don't diagnose or prescribe, but um, assess, assess, look at the whole picture holistically and see what's going on and, and, and where the real issues are with breastfeeding. And then, I mean, a lot of what we do is, trying to convince moms that it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, a, I mean, a lot of it. how many nervous breakdowns do you deal with on a day mm -hmm. in a day, at least a handful, you know, and it, but it's mom, it's okay. Like if you need to have a nervous breakdown to have a nervous breakdown, we get it. We've been there. Right. I have nervous breakdowns all the time. It's a mom thing, I think, but, um, it, it's caregiver fatigue is what it is. Yes. Yeah. And it's really tough because, we don't have enough time to really recharge and especially like doing the schedule that we do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's very difficult to recharge and kind of refocus and get back into that. And then there's some days that you're like, Oh my gosh, this has like been the best, most amazing. Nothing's been difficult. It's not been taxing. You get your cup filled a little bit because the next day you're roller skates and your liquid lunch, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, and you're goodness. always swimming uphill. And so you're trying to keep that mom from falling into the ditch because you know what's happening. You can see it like in real time. There's almost like a, a the, the next six weeks are being played in front of you. Mm -hmm. And you know that the decision she's making now, mm -hmm. ah, I might not want to do that, mm -hmm. but they don't understand where they're going to head to this. Mm -hmm. So I guess anybody who's in a, some sort of a coaching role can probably understand that or a personal trainer or or whatever, a teacher, educator, you're like, eh, I might not want to do that. And then there they are. And then they call you, they want to fix it. And you're like, oh, mm -hmm. why didn't they call me two weeks, two weeks ago? Mm -hmm. Because now it's getting kind of late. The door's starting to close. Mm -hmm. And I find that is the most challenging thing. But like Liz Brooks says, what is it that you say? You know, tell the information, give all the education that you can, and then you just have to let go of the rest. So, yeah. Oh, so hard to do. It's hard because we suck at that part. <laughs> All three of us. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But I mean, I think it just says moms as lactation consultants, just having a support mm -hmm. system of like, but of being real and yes. being like, this is hard, but it's okay. And it's great. We're all lactation. consultants. I mean, 
Like we keep recertifying, we keep signing up for it. And yeah, there's a do. reason more why, because as, well, do you think anybody else, like seriously, I, and I know that we're not the only three people in the room that, that know this, but how many other lactation consultants or nurses probably sit down next to a mom and go, this is hard. You've had a rough night. Mm -hmm. The baby's been crying all night and this is intense and I get it, mm -hmm. but you can push through instead of, oh, it's normal for your baby to cry like that. Oh, it's normal for him to suck on his hands for six hours a day. Oh, it's normal for, and they just like, well, you should just accept it and move on is kind of the way that they're patting them on the head. And well, if everybody else in the hospital couldn't get the kid latched on and we send her home, you'll be fine. We're getting in there going, we got to fix this. Mm -hmm. And I think we get you, the three of us get to the down and dirty with the mom and go, I know you're having a hard time, but if you go ahead and cry here and you let it out, you've got a lot of estrogen around you. And that poor guy in the corner in that crappy hospital chair has no idea what to do with you when you go home. So why don't you do it here and let some of it out and I can help him help you through this because mm -hmm. we've got this whole family. Mm -hmm. Right. Meanwhile, we're telling the baby, just give, give it a rest for a minute. Oh, you're like, come yeah. on, why are you doing this to your mother? She carried you for nine yeah. months. Well, no, you're absolutely right. And and the whole thing about being real and, um, and expectations. Um, I had a mom once and they called me down to L and D and I don't know, maybe the baby was like an hour old and this mom was like exhausted and she had been in labor for like two days and it was like a rough delivery, like forceps and it, it was hard. And so the baby just did not want to nurse. And the mom is like barely keeping her eyes open. And um, I mean, you can't, there's nothing you could do. The baby's not no, rooting, he's nothing. whatever. Um, and so I went in and I assessed the situation. I looked and, and I'm thinking, this baby's not gonna eat at all. And you know, I'm getting from the hospital staff of like, well, if this does not happen and you know, they're giving right. me the ultimatums, right? So I'm like, okay. So I said to the mom, I said, Listen, um, how do you feel about hand expressing some colostrum and we can just feed it to the baby? And I mean, I'm literally like putting it in the mucous membrane and like mm -hmm. very slick drop yes. feeding this baby or whatever. She had tons of colostrum. I mean, and she's just exhausted. And I'll never forget her just laying in bed and just turning to me and she had tears in her eyes. And she said, if I don't, if I do this and I don't nurse the baby right now, Am I a bad mom? Oh my God. And I was like, first of all, you only been a mom for an hour. So you got plenty of time to screw it up. Like, <laughs> yeah, this won't be your first or last chance, really. Last right. chance I, said, I said, no. I mm. said, you're a good mom. You know what good moms do? They just fed their baby a bunch of colostrum. And now dad's going to hold the baby and you need a rest because you have been through it, you know? Yeah. And, um, so she had so much colostrum. Holy crap. Thank God. Because um, a lot like, of times they don't I'm like, have it to where you can get it out so quickly. Oh my so it was yeah. it was awesome. But um but it made me realize like even from an hour postpartum, there's the the misgivings and the doubt and the mm -hmm. guilt and the whatever. And it's oh, like yeah. why can't mom why can't we just give ourselves a break? You know? It never leaves. No. Never leaves. So an hour. I know. So if you guys being real could give one piece of advice to a new mom, what would it be? I would say, well, it's specific to breastfeeding, but trust your body and trust your baby. I like that. What about you? Yeah. 
I would say just do the next thing and don't think about everything else after that. Mm -hmm. So if the next thing is that your baby's been fed, brush your teeth and take a nap. Mm -hmm. Like just do one thing because maybe that's all you can focus on mm -hmm. in the very beginning. And then maybe if, maybe when that's over and that's done, then you might have the energy to do the next thing. But if you just focus on one thing at a time and not let yourself get overwhelmed. Excellent. Oh gosh, what would I say? Mm. I asked the question. I know no, it's I hard. Can't even... It's hard. <laughs> it is. It's like of all the things. Well, my I know my husband would say, "Don't shake the baby." That's <laughs> his. <laughs> the that's his parenting say. advice yeah. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would say, say it's okay to acknowledge when it's hard, and you don't have to like being a mom mm -hmm. all the time, right? There's times you're not going to like being a mom and that doesn't mean you're a bad mom and it doesn't mean you don't love your baby. So don't beat yourself up about that. You're a human and, um, you know, every we've moms have been through it since the beginning of time. And so just give yourself some grace. All right, guys. So we'd love for you to send us your feedback and um, let us know if there's anything you want us to cover. Email us at the snarky boob queens at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at The Snarky Boot Queens. And follow us on Instagram at The Snarky Boot Queens. And until next time, when, when in doubt, doubt, whip it out. out. Bye. <laughs>